But the first thing I do want to get to is nursing homes. And, and particularly after I talked to Dee last night, who described uh, to us how she missed seeing her dad. Her dad is in a nursing home and saw no light at the end of the tunnel, even though her dad has got both doses of the vaccine at this stage. Uh, currently, there are over 400 private and voluntary nursing homes in Ireland who cater for 20,000 people. A total of 1,543 people have died due to COVID-19 or with COVID-19, whatever way you want to phrase it or wherever you're comfortable doing in nursing homes. 369 of those, by the way, occurred in the month of January, those deaths. Now, you're right, many of those people in the nursing homes were close to the end of their lives. And they, they would have been at end of life, probably anyway. But COVID-19 certainly didn't help in a lot of cases. There was a five-fold increase in the number of outbreaks in nursing homes from mid-December to the end of January. The number jumped from 34 to 193 in that time. However, 40% of nursing homes remained free of COVID-19. The Sinn Féin spokesperson, David Cunlan, was told that there was a 4,300 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in nursing homes during the month of January. Staff accounted for 37% of the cases, which is quite shocking. 37% of the 4,300 cases were actually the staff, not the actual residents. Well, I suppose it's logical, really, because the residents aren't really going anywhere, apart from interacting with each other and the staff. So there was also this remark that there should be zero tolerance approach towards healthcare workers who refuse to get the vaccine. And that's according to the CEO of the Nursing Homes Ireland, Ty Daly, who said he would back the government's legislation if they move to make it mandatory. He said the risk assessment is conducted where a staff member does not agree to a vaccination. He said that the, this he does not consider it appropriate for staff to refuse the jab. And the advice that we've received, he said, obviously, is that it's not mandatory. Clearly, that will have to, to do uh, and uh, this is based on a risk assessment, he said. Okay. The HSE's Executive Director, Paul Reid, has called the refusal of nursing home staff to get the vaccination as inexcusable, but insists such instances are rare. Now, at this stage, they suggest that more than 10% have refused to get the vaccine, according to reports, but more detailed information in relation to nurses and doctors in hospitals and other settings like that, healthcare sectors, is not available, and they're saying it's for GDP or reasons and that staff could be essentially vilified. And there is a whole question as to whether staff should have compulsory vaccinations, uh, particularly in healthcare settings dealing with vulnerable people. But the real story is that although many residents are fully vaccinated and nearly all have got their first dose, visiting is not even on the cards uh, for many um, of the residents. And many of those will pass away before that even happens. Uh, there is no light at the end of the tunnel, no normality for the residents in what has essentially become a prison with no visitors at the end of their lives. We should be ashamed of ourselves. We will look back at this as a catastrophe. We are so focused on the population as a whole. I mean, you look at the figures of the amount of people that have died in this country. 3,687 people have died in almost a year of COVID-19. If we look at the excess deaths and we calculate all that, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories and I'm not going down that route. I'm not a COVID denier or anything like that. But we have to look at the facts. 1,543 people of those deaths, almost half, were in nursing homes. We're nursing homes. So the majority of those people are people who are isolated, people who are lonely, people who are miserable, and they're dying without visitors. And we're doing nothing about it. You know what I mean? We should be ashamed of ourselves. What are we, what are we doing about it? I suggested nearly a year ago that we should have antigen testing for all staff going down, all visitors, so they can go and safely be with those residents who are very vulnerable and very frail. But we're not doing anything about it. We're doing nothing. We're just letting them lie there and die.
And they will die. If they don't die of COVID-19, they'll die of old age anyway. And they'll die miserable and lonely. And according to Professor Ronan Collins from Tala Hospital, many of them want to die. Because I know if I had to said to my father at the end of his life, thankfully he's dead and doesn't have to see all this, if I had to said to my father or mother before they died, would you prefer two years where you get to see your family or four years where you don't get to see them? I know what they choose. And I know what most older people would choose. Two years with a quality of life or four years with no quality of life. Which would you choose? You know what I mean? People, of course, want a bit of quality of life. And those people, it makes them happy to have visitors. Essentially, they're now in prisons. So I want to know what your experience has been. You know, there's 20,000 people, at least, if not more, with to be taken into consider residential, other residential care in this country who have not seen relations, who can't get to see them, just can't get to see their dad or their mom, who they've been with all their lives, maybe through a window or something like that, begging them to come in to talk to them, hold their hand, give them a hug. How have you been treated by your nursing home? Now, we don't want to name and shame nursing homes because certainly some of them are doing a wonderful job under the circumstances. But some are doing an appalling job. And overall, the industry as a whole, is it doing enough? Is it doing enough so as you can visit your loved ones again and you can make them happy? Because remember, happiness in their lives will extend their lives. Being miserable certainly won't extend their lives. Just to give you the update, by the way, how many vaccine doses have been given at this stage. More than 200,000 vaccine doses have been administered. It's quite a shameful figure, to be honest, when you look at other countries around the world, but however. Um, a uh, total of 151,000 people have received the first dose and 79,000 people, 79 of those of these have received their second dose. That's... Pretty miserable, to be honest with you, isn't it? They claim that we're doing great. According to Stephen Donnelly, we're doing great. If you take a percentage into consideration of a small population of 5 million, we're doing great. But we're certainly not giving enough vaccines out. Let me just go to Magella Beatty, who's from Care Champions and the Care Champions group, who's been on with us a couple of times. Uh, Magella, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Magella, I'm not good today. After listening to Dee last night talking about not being able to get to see her dad, and her dad has already got the second dose of the vaccine, she was on to the care home and said, look, when can we come and see him? And they said, oh, there's no light at the end of that tunnel yet. I mean, what's the answer? This is just never ending. It's absolutely appalling, Niall. And, you know, we did actually ask this question of Ty Daly, the CEO of Nursing Homes Ireland, in a conversation that one of the team recently had with him. And that was one of the questions on our list. And he confirmed, and that's only maybe two, three weeks ago, that uh, there is no plan that they will revisit it at the end of February and look to see what a new type of normal may look like. But as of now, they have absolutely zero plan nearly a year in post-vaccination for residents of nursing homes and their families. This is just incredible. And I, maybe I'm missing something. And I know the report has been sitting on the desk of the Minister for Health since October from HICWA. Uh, and, by the way, the World Health Organization has also give it, gave it its blessing. This is in relation to antigen testing for staff mm-hmm. and for visitors. It's 97% successful or accurate, as they say. You know, which would mean that, you know, if you want to go and visit your dad or your mum or the staff wants to go in every morning, they just take a quick five-minute test and we're almost sure they don't have COVID-19. We're not 100%, but we're almost mm-hmm. sure they don't, which would certainly reduce any instances. I mean, why aren't we doing it? Have you asked these questions? We are asking these questions all day, every day. And, you know, um, even one of the Irish companies that are now providing the antigen testing, they contacted us a number of months ago before the big Christmas outbreak in nursing homes. 
and they had actually offered the antigen testing along with a nurse to provide those testings free of charge on a trial basis for four months to any nursing home in this country. They offered it to nursing homes directly. They offered it to the HSE, Nursing Home of Ireland, and they were they were refused. I think I know the company you're talking about. He's actually sent us in a load of tests. I had them sitting out there on my desk. They cost about, yeah. a, I mean, they're, they're, they're landing in this country probably for about a fiver each. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I just don't see the reason why. And I said it to Stephen Donnelly nearly a year ago now, when you think about it, actually, it was probably about last May or June, when he was uh, the spokesperson for Health of Fianna Fáil. I said it to Stephen Donnelly on the air, why aren't we using antigen testing in nursing homes? And I'm thinking if we had have done it then, I don't think I'd be looking at a figure of 1,543 dead. Without a doubt. And I do believe that there needs to be accountability from Netflix. While the consistent answer we've been getting is that Netflix has been dubious around antigen testing. Now, I know that um, last week, the week before, that they have now changed their minds and the HSE has bought 500 antigen tests to give out to primary care centres. But I do believe that Netflix needs to be held to account. And um, for every one of those people that died, there are broken families and I talk to many of them all day every day and it's not acceptable and even at this stage to see people dying through a window even if you're lucky enough to get to that window and there is no communication and outside nursing homes the scene when there's an outbreak of COVID-19 is absolutely horrendous there's families who cannot get information they're hugging each other they're banging at windows uh, it, it's absolutely inhumane. You, you, you know, you know what the, the saddest part of this whole thing is. When I see one thousand five hundred forty-three people, three hundred sixty-nine alone in January, because we had a lot of deaths in January. Again, the majority were in nursing homes, right? Mm-hmm. And we focus, and the news and media and RTE and prime time have cameras out at Dublin Airport to see Mary and Johnny going off to Lanzarote, coming back with a tan and getting pissed off about it, and everybody also concerned about it. And it's distracting from the real issue. And the real issue is that the majority of people who are dying are dying in nursing homes. Or they're elderly people and they're people who are vulnerable and we're not doing anything about it. And and something we can do about it is at least make them happier in the last moments of their lives. You know what I mean? Or the last few months of their lives. By the way, I'm not suggesting out of the 1,543 that died, most or many of would not have probably died anyway or passed away either when they passed away in July or August or whatever it was, or in the, the preceding months afterwards, because many of them are at end of life. And we, we understand that. We're not that silly. And we accept that people die, but certainly we need to protect them, to stop them from dying quicker than they should be dying. Exactly. And that's the point, you know, while um, it's inevitable that people in nursing homes obviously are going to die sooner, possibly rather than later, and um, the manner in which they die is... Um, that's detrimental to how a family will actually live on with that. And, you know, I was actually speaking to one of our team yesterday um, who's done a number of interviews for her, who, for us, uh, whose mother just died recently in the last couple of weeks from COVID. And, like, her point was, of course she was going to die, but the reality is this speeded it up. This denied us any quality time with her. And we, like, when people... The way things are presently in nursing homes, if people are getting in when somebody is dying, they're not even being afforded the opportunity to spend any quality time. They're only being let in just before the person dies. The person is no longer aware that they're even there. Well, that's so sad because I don't know whether it's inherently an Irish thing for us all to want to be there and all to want to spend time and, oh, I was with him for the last couple of weeks. And it is an Irish thing as well that we all like to be there. And I know a lot of people are being denied that. And, I, you know, and I think that is something that will resonate for years and years and years 
that we because we'll never get those moments back. We'll never get that year, you know, of your dad or your mum's life back again. Because I I don't know how that would feel. I remember being with my my own mother for three or four days before she died when she was up in Tala Hospital. Now this is going back ten years ago, and the conversations that we had in those last three days, stuff that she'd never told me before, you know. Of course. And I probably talked to her more in that three days than I talked to her in her whole life, which is maybe not a good reflection on me. But in saying that, it was a wonderful time to spend, and I think that's really important that we spend that quality time with people before they pass away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Niall, I really feel it's very important because we're hearing about the numbers that are dying and nursing homes. I don't even think people are actually seeing them as family. That's That could be your mother, my mother. It can be any of us. And I think we've kind of got ourselves into a mindset that we're hearing all these figures and numbers every day. People are not bringing it down to the reality of what is actually happening and you know one thing that COVID has shown and has raised questions about is the existing model of care homes that we have in this country which the majority are for profit they're not working there's no proper regulations and you know we're not even learning from what's happened in this past year we're continuing to grant planning permission for bigger and and you know potentially um um potentially worse case scenarios if if COVID is around for the for the long haul and this sort of thing continues with pandemics we're continuing to build these sort of um, mm-hmm. institutions or prisons which is what they are right well, now. Well they are prisons and, and I, I'm assuming the reason that many of these private care homes will not use the antigen testing is for insurance reasons so for example uh, the 97% accuracy if you went in to visit your dad and you just happen to be in that 3%, which would be very extremely rare, or the, the very fact that you might even have it in the first place or not be picked up by the, the antigen test, and you happen to be in that 3%, and you pass it on, that there could be an insurance risk there. But, I mean, the government has already indemnified Pfizer and indemnified vaccine mm-hmm. companies. Why can't they indemnify the nursing homes uh, in this particular instance or for a temporary period of time until this goes along? Because I think it's the only solution. Without a doubt, yeah. Without a doubt. There is... There is no other solution at the moment because families are not getting in. Residents are not hopping out the window and heading off to the pub and bringing the virus back. Um, and that's no disrespect to... Um Well, I mean, look, well, the the figures themselves, 4,300 confirmed cases in nursing homes in the month of January, staff accounted for 37% of the cases. So it's it's quite clear. I mean, you're right, the nursing home residents are not picking it up off anybody else apart from the staff. So it has to be staff. And I'm not saying all the staff are being irresponsible or doing it. They're no, just, they're, no, they're living life. They go to Tesco's, they go to Dunn's, they go and do their shopping, whatever, like everybody else has to. So in, they're just human beings. But a five-minute test in the morning for a fiver, you know, would, would indicate if anybody is bringing COVID into a nursing home. Well, Which manufacturers are actually doing to keep their staff safe. Manufacturers are mm-hmm. having daily antigen testing before their staff come in. So they're protecting their staff. Why can't I why and the same uh, not apply to nursing homes. And, and let's be clear, the staff in the meat factories or wherever it happens to be that are doing those tests, the staff are not dropping dead. Uh, yes. But the staff in nursing homes sadly are. And yes. they're the ones we need to really, really project. Uh, but stay there for a second, just Majella, because I want to go back to Dee, who I spoke to yesterday. Dee, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dee? Hi, Denial. How are you? Uh, Dee, I mean, last night, maybe just for people who weren't listening to you last night, because you came on late last night just to talk to me, just describe your, your dad's situation again. How, how old is your dad? My dad's 86. Okay, um, yeah. And he's nearly two years now in a nursing home. And, you know, he had great, he's receiving great care and from the staff. And my, my grievance is, is not with the staff. It's, it's a year into it now, this 
virus and, you know, nothing has been put in place. You know, all the funding that they've received from grants from the government, nothing has been put in place. And now some nursing homes have been fantastic, but unfortunately, the majority have not. As regards putting pods in, safe visiting, outdoors we're talking about, uh, sheds, heaters, you know, common sense will tell you, you know, put these in place. These are going on, this is going on a year. And my dad has deteriorated greatly. He's a shadow of a man that he used to be, unfortunately. And and do you think that's due to his age or due to the fact that you believe no. his isolation and my loneliness? My dad is a strong man. My dad is a strong man. Okay. And it's due to loneliness. And, you mean, he's actually forgetting us now. Like, that must, that, must, that must break your heart to see that. Absolutely. And it, 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 it breaks my heart. But my mother, you know, she's a shadow of a woman that she used to be a year ago. You know, she's, you know, a year, like, she keeps on, well, next month it's going to get better. Next month, or next month something. And yeah. it's just, it's like as if they're, 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 they're the last on the priority list. And I, like, you know, you hear on the media, the talk about keep a good, if I take away on the beach and all this. Where are they saying this is what's happening in nursing homes? I said to you last night, Niall, have we not learned from history the way we've treated people in the past, whether, you know, we can look back on many cases where we said this shouldn't have happened. And if we're going to look back in five, ten years' time and say this shouldn't have happened, we should have learned. The Irish just do not seem to have learned from their previous mistakes, more or less the government. So you're right. You're saying to me. I mean, you're watching RT News and you see five guards arresting a fella on a beach for having yeah, a swim. Yeah, they're all giving out about this and giving out about that. Like, and, and, and me- meanwhile, know, there's no mention of the poor people in nursing homes that yeah. we're not actually changing anything. We're not making any headway. We're not making and any steps. You, yeah, and as you said, now you know the, these are the ones that are being hit with this COVID the worst. Like these. Well, certainly yes. Are. So why aren't we making this a priority? You know, I don't like coming on radio. And, you know, telling my story, it's not easy for me to. I should be up with my father, you know, in a safe environment. And we can do it. There's always a way. If you put our heads together, there's a way. You, you can't say we can't do this or you can't see them. You know, and I feel when I'm even ringing up, I feel as if and I'm when, 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 I mean, you spoke to us last night, you said that <clears throat> your dad had, had a sec- he had a second dose of the vaccination, did he? No, he's he's due it next week. I oh, he's due it next week. All yeah. right, so he's had his he's first due dose. Next week. Okay. Yeah. When you well, firstly, there's a, there's a problem this morning which has been all over the news that ten percent of um, workers in care homes have refused the vaccine or haven't got it for whatever reason, mm. uh, and obviously they don't want to identify those people because for the GDPR reasons they don't want them to be vilified. And look, it's everybody's human right to choose or not to choose, but that's beside the point. And people have been calling for mandatory vaccinations for healthcare workers. That's a whole other debate. But you're saying they told you even when he gets a second dose, you still can't come to see him. It's, it's not, not going to make any difference. They told me there was no light at the end of the tunnel. That's what I was told. And this is where now I'm at the end of my tether. Now, I'm being told after all the vaccination, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And, and you mentioned last night, too, that you work in healthcare. I don't want to know where you work, but you work yeah. in healthcare yourself. Have you received yeah. the vaccine? No, I haven't. Okay. Will you be getting the vaccine soon yourself? To be honest with you, Niall, um, I'm on the fence. I'm not against that. Okay, that's, no, that's your choice. I'm, I'm, having a, I'm not going to judge you, you for know, that. Yeah. You know, I just feel it's 
bit rushed and Okay, that's no that's you don't have to explain yourself to me, all right? Yeah. I'm only asking, I'm only asking you, right? So the point I'm making is there are a lot of people in your situation and I spoke to somebody else who's worse in healthcare and mm-hmm. she had got a vaccine and her mother's in a care home and mm-hmm. she has got her two doses now at this stage and they're still refusing to allow either one to see each other. And I just say, well, what's the point of that? Then, what, so I then, did, what's the yeah. point of the vaccine? So, yeah, yeah. And Magella, I don't know. Have you, are you hearing this as well from you yeah. know the healthcare settings or from the nursing home settings that even though patients now and residents are vaccinated, many of them fully vaccinated at this stage, that there's still no move. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Ty Daly did confirm to us that they they're not even going to discuss it until the end of February. But <clears throat> on the 11th of December, uh, Mary Butler, Minister Mary Butler, she extended the TAPS grant to enable um, nursing homes to draw down more, even more funding, specifically around uh, the around building safe visiting pods or safe visiting areas where family would have some level of interaction with their resident that's in a nursing home. And sadly, there's very, very few pods put in place. And um, I know there has been now, in fairness, there's a, I know there's a nursing home ago in Cork that went all out and put something amazing in place. But in the general rule, there's been nothing put in place. And even though the guidance is there, and I think it's extremely important, most nursing homes are not following through on the guidance. And, um, you know, we've been very lucky that the Irish Association of Social Workers, who um, are very much in favour of safe visitation and for family involvement in nursing homes, only for them, families would not even understand what the guidance is in general because they've broken it down and made it easy to read. People do not know what the guidance is, but more importantly and more um, shockingly, maybe, is the fact that nursing homes themselves do not need, seem to know what the government guidance is, where one won't allow an, a window visit, one will. And, you know, 11 months on, it's not acceptable, and up and up. Too many people have died, too many people have been lost. And for those who have not died, a year has gone in what's left, and what's left in a potentially a short life, and that's far too much. I'm looking, and I, yeah, I, I, go ahead, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Can I just say... Um, as regards like the communication, like my dad is not the IT. He's not born that era. Like us having uh, WhatsApp video calls, it just confuses him even more. Looking yeah, I know, I know. Man, my own father couldn't use a phone and to save his life. Ju- so we have yeah. to sort of stop that. So, like my dad, due to his condition, can't hold the phone. So this, our only communication is when we see him. You know, and it's. Oh, no, I, I know, I know. I, I, Dee, I, I, I'm with you, and I, I've listened to people describe their visiting through a window, and I've seen videos of elderly people begging them to come into them, yeah, and them saying, and "I can't, I can't," and that would, if that was my mother or father, that would break my heart. I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't do that. One visit, I, I, we, try, I tried to come up with ideas on how I could see my dad. This is in the summertime. And I had to, he was, he's up on a, on a level, he's on level, the third level, and I'm waving up to a window to him, you know, myself, my mum, my mum's bawling, crying, I'm bawling, crying, waving up. How old is your mum? My mum's 81. You, you know, and... You know, and and her heart must be broken, this is the man she's married to for God knows how long, how many for, years? For, yeah, for 61 years she's married, and like, she's standing out on the cold, she's not able to stand on the cold, but she's willing, oh my God. She, she's willing to do it, you know with the cold weather, weather no matter what way the weather is, she'd stand out whenever she's given a visit or allowed to see him at a window. And visit. how many visits are you season. allowed? How many visits are you allowed? Well, see, this is the... We feel as if we're begging for a visit. Like, I wouldn't ask my mum to give up our 20-minute visit once every two weeks. So, twi- I couldn't so she's only allowed 20 minutes outside waving through a window? 
Yes. Oh, no, she's had the window visit now. Since Christmas, she's got a, a level. They bring them down now because we, you okay. know, we yeah. more or less demanded it. And so it's a 20-minute visit. Roughly once every 10 days, she gets a visit from that. But okay, so, so now, I mean, I want to just clarify this. So, for, so she's allowed for 20 minutes every 10 days yes. to go up and stand in the grounds. Stand in the garden. At, at the garden and wave to a window. Yes, and talk to and what, the window. And why? And why is that? Why is there a time limit on that? By the way, when it's not causing anybody any problems. Don't, don't ask me, Niall. Don't That's ask me. And I, I like, I like my dad can't hear. You know, so it's very difficult to have a conversation. I'm just, I'm very confused. I mean, Magella, a time limit on how long you can stand outside waving through a window. Yes, absolutely. And some people are only allowed ten minutes, and some people have to ring. Are and these people in? A, are they in a care home or a prison? At present, it would appear by uh, many accounts, really, it is a catalogue of shame what is happening in um, these institutions. And um, yeah, and you know, then there's rows where people can't hear. And like our um, the NEPIC guidance does allow the window to be open a little bit because people are entitled to fresh air. But not lot of nursing homes won't even allow the windows to be open a little bit. And, and the window visit ends up causing more trauma and distress to the residents than not having a window visit at all. I'm sorry, now. I just want to say about prison. I think actually prisoners are treated better. At least they get to see the sky and get a bit of fresh air. Well, see, the, so, the lack of understanding by people is ridiculous because John sent in a text, and John, no harm to yourself, but um, I'm kind of judging you here a little bit. He says, just like you can't visit people in prison, it's in the national interest. John, are you forgetting these people have done nothing wrong? They're elderly. Is that the only thing they've done wrong? They're old. Um, and we're also getting loads of phone calls from people who want to come on the air, but they're afraid of being attacked by the nursing homes. Yeah, that I mean, happens. N- Magella, explain this to me. So, and the last time we talked to you, and the time before that, uh, we had problems as well in relation to that yeah. as well. So, people who go onto the radio or go onto media or onto Facebook or whatever it is to give out about the way they believe their elderly people are being treated or they're being treated in relation to visits are being threatened. Threatened in what sense? Nursing homes have told some nursing homes have told family members that if they speak on social media in particular if they actually uh, comment in, in our group care champions if they tell their story to the media that their window visit will be posed or if there's a compassionate visit because there are seven grounds and it's really important now that people know this there actually are seven grounds for people to get a compassionate visit and if anybody needs help if they're in that situation if they contact us I will help them to word their email to get their compassionate visit. But um, people are being told that is why we've actually stopped telling a lot of stories. And now we are telling an awful lot of our stories anonymously because of the abuse and threats that people are So the care home are saying if you go to Care Champions Group or if you go online or if you ring up a radio station and we find out about it, you won't be getting your 20 minutes. Absolutely. And people are being told I'm following what you were saying on social media. That we, I hear that every other day from from somebody different. That is, that is exactly what's happening. We did actually bring that up with Clyde Daly um, in that uh, meeting that, that one of our team members had with him. And he said that he did not stand by that, that people were entitled to tell their story. And any nursing home that would threaten, um, threaten a family member for speaking out or to, for sharing their story. They should be ashamed of themselves. That they should be named and shamed Absolutely. and they should be reported. Absolutely. They should be ashamed of themselves. Listen, and I could, yeah, Dee, go I ahead. Say, I, I will never, like the staff are fantastic. The, the carers, the nurses are fantastic. Yep. My dad's nurse in the home, right? I have no grievances with them. 
but they do the caring. But now I'll, I'll ask you a question. Who does the loving? This is what they need on the last, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. time is of an Of course, of course, people. of course. They want to see, you know, they want to see a family face. They want to see their relatives. They want to see the ones they've been with for all their lives. Yeah, but someone to show the loving. Because you know, a bit of loving and it puts smiles on my, da- my dad's face. I, I know my dad. You know, you know what I mean? Well, let me tell you, this comes down to what we call the will to live, Right. And sometimes people lose the will to live. And we often hear about that with people who get cancer diagnosis and stuff like that. That people will live longer if they have a positive, you know, a positive feeling about themselves and they have support and family around them. And when people get really old and they become frail and maybe they have, you know, other underlying illnesses, which the majority will because they're old, they have other underlying illnesses, and they lose the will to live because they're isolated and they're lonely, they will die quicker. There is no doubt about it. They will die quicker. And we are going to look back at this with great shame. Listen, Magella, thank you very much. Magella Beatty from Care Champions Group. If you want any more information or you need any help from Magella, you can go onto their Facebook page. It's Care Champions Group on their Facebook page. All right, you can contact them. If you just Google it online, you'll find it. Dee, thank you very much. And I hope you get to see your dad really soon. All right. Okay, loads and loads of people, by the way, texting in in a very similar situation. Maybe you've had a very positive outcome, by the way. Maybe you've been to see your parents in a care home. There seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel, even when they're all vaccinated. Even when they're all vaccinated, there is no plan because there'll still be reasons. Oh, well, the vaccination doesn't stop people spreading it. And I'm going, but you th- I thought the vaccination said you don't get symptoms anymore. So, so what are you worried about? I mean, realistically. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Niall, don't be dismissing the people at the airport. I'm not dismissing the people at the airport. I'm saying it's not really that big of a problem in the big scheme of things. Neffet themselves, by the way, have said the amount of transmission from the airports or cases from the airport has probably been about 1% of the overall cases. So we are distracting ourselves with something that's really not important, to be honest with you, when we look at the amount of people that are actually dying in care homes and not those that are dying in care homes because I accept that people die in care homes. Sadly, when you go to a care home, that is inevitably what's going to happen at some point. You are going to pass away. We accept that life doesn't go on forever. But the point is that many of them are dying unhappy. They're dying miserable. They're dying lonely. They're dying isolated. They're being treated like prisoners in solitary confinement. And it's not acceptable. Let me go to Brona. Brona, you're on Classic Kids. Hi. Sorry, Brona. I was a little bit angry there. I do do apologise. Brona, your father is in a nursing home. Yeah. How old, how old is your dad? Uh, 73. Okay, and how is he? He was, um, I was on with you there a couple of weeks ago. So when he got the vaccine on the 15th of January, he was uh, tested negative that morning and he got the vaccine. And then on the 22nd, a lot of them came down with them, um, what tested positive on January. This, this is after they got the first dose after they tested positive. they got positive. the first dose, yeah. yeah. So from that on, my dad deteriorated really badly. His blood pressure going up and down and because he's an underlying illness he's diabetic his insulin was all um the insulin stopped working and it wasn't bringing his blood sugars down so we couldn't eat or anything okay so they had transferred him from uh, the ward he was in in the nursing home to a covid unit they had there but after a few days they couldn't do anything for him they said he was deteriorating and there's nothing else they could do so he was transferred to vincent okay so um we went to Vincent's, um, we were told then um, what they normally do for people with the breathing problems with the respirators and stuff that they couldn't do for my dad because he was diabetic, so it was sort of a 50-50 chance. But the, the only, we couldn't contact my dad because obviously he was too ill. 
Yeah. And we couldn't really get any contact from anyone from the nursing home. And how, how, or, were, or you, the how were you contacting before that to FaceTime or through his mobile um, phone, was it? Through my dad's mobile phone. Yeah, that's okay. the information we were getting was from my dad. So God, aren't, that's, aren't that's we lucky, by the way, we have mobile phones nowadays? Because you could, could you imagine this happened 15 yeah. years ago? We'd have been doomed. Exactly. And yeah. it's lucky that he's in his right mind. To use contact it. To use it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But he, um, so he was, his, yeah, so the infant stopped working and the, his blood pressure was just all over the place. And um, I had gone up on the, when they, my dad texted me on the 22nd, I, I went up to the nursing home and they were transferring him from one ward to the other. And I'd seen him for about a minute. Okay. But I wasn't like in close contact really with him. I was standing away from him. He had a mask and stuff on. And I did. And then I got a phone call from the HSC on the 3rd of February telling me I was a close contact of someone on the 22nd of January, which is obviously they're talking about my dad and that I okay. need to go for a test. Okay. And how were you? Did you test it positive or negative? I didn't go for the test. Oh, you didn't go? You, because you did, I wasn't in close contact. You weren't with my in father. close contact. With him. Okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't in close contact. Okay. But I was told then on the phone because I had no symptoms that I must be asymptomatic. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you haven't had a test, you were no. asymptomatic. Yeah, right. asymptomatic, yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. okay. So, um, and and who, who nominated you as a close contact? The nursing home? The nursing home must have, yeah. Even though they saw that you weren't actually even yeah. near them? Yeah, I think maybe it was to do it because I've been bringing them quite a lot trying to get information and so I wasn't you, getting any information. Oh, okay, so and you, I wasn't you, you think it was done out of badness? Um, maybe, maybe, okay. yeah. Okay. And okay. Um, okay. I did eventually get a, a doctor that rang me from the nursing home and she said to me that the vaccine doesn't actually stop you from getting it. It just no, stops it you from getting it really bad. And yeah. that um, they were trying to help my dad the best, but he was he, he was telling them what to do with the insulin because he's he's diabetic all his life. He knows best. He knows better, but of course. What she said to me then, she said, we really have to treat him, this word I didn't like at all, we really have to treat him in a Nazi style to be very forceful with him to try and get him to well, do well, what no, no, we no, need. No, rewind a bit. She said what to you? She said, we really have to treat your father in sort of like in a, in a Nazi style way. In a Nazi style forceful. way. Okay. Yeah. Lovely language. Very forceful okay. with him. Okay. And I'm like, really? That's not really helping my dad's stress. He's really ill. He can't see any of his family. His family can't see us. And the first phone call we get, that's what you say to me. Okay. This must, yeah. be, this must be heartbreaking for you at the moment. It is, because, yeah. like, my sister's in the UK. My brother's in Arklow. My mother's in Arklow. So there's no one really... Except you. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So, like, so, so, so he's in Vincent's now, is he? You know, he's after being... Thank God he's been transferred back from Vincent's. My dad's very strong, so... So okay, so he's o- he's over he's overcome that now, has he? Yeah, yeah, so he's good, back good. in isolation in his own room. But they said to me, basically, they were telling us it was a fifty-fifty chance. But he was seems to be very strong. He's holding. Well, his here's own. the thing: if he's got, if he's already had COVID, yeah. um, okay, and he's had the first dose of the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming because they tell everybody once you've had COVID, you can't get it again for at least three months. Now, the the, the theory is that you might never get it again. By the way, but they, yeah. to cover themselves, they say three months. Yeah. So. Where's the issue now? Why can't you go and see him now? Exactly. That's what I said. Oh, no, we're still under level five restrictions. And then what was the point in him getting the vaccine? My father's been locked away for a year from his fucking family. Sorry, okay, language. Yeah, it's okay. No, no, I <laughs> understand you're quite passionate. Yeah, from, okay. his, from his family. Can't see anybody. And um, and he ends up get, and he gets a vaccine and he ends up with it anyway, really ill. And so he should have been out and about seeing his family anyway. <laughs> made no difference. Well, if he's, well, he's, he's, if he's been tested positive and he's already mm-hmm. got COVID and they've treated him for COVID and he's come yeah. back, thankfully, uh, he didn't He didn't die, thankfully, and he overcame yeah. it because you said he's a strong yeah. man. 
Well, look, mm. When you get COVID, they tell you automatically, once you've had tested positive, you can't get yeah. it again for at least yeah. three months. But still, he's not allowed to see anyone. He's still not allowed to see anyone. And he's still locked in the room oh. by himself. Okay. There's no reason for this. There's no, no. reason to be treating people like this. But it's like their mental health, like his mental health, like is at this point of view. Yeah. I imagine, I imagine it, is. it is. Of course it yeah. is. Yeah. And ours is too, because we feel powerless. There's nothing we can do. Like we went to Vincent's hospital, but we stood outside in the trees and cold for three hours and we couldn't even get through to a phone. The same with the nursing home, but you can't get through to anybody. Maybe they're busy, whatever. But eventually, after a week of me complaining, the nursing home did eventually get someone to contact me from. Um, she was a social worker, which mm-hmm. was very patronising. But um, it, it, but it was just covering their own back then. She said, "Oh, we'll liaise." So how many you. how many visits are you allowed now? Visits to the nursing no. home. Can no. you, so you can't even go to a window and wave or something. No. I did. During the summer, I went up and I seen my dad briefly and then the security came out and told me I had to leave. And then I got a letter in the in the post to tell me I wasn't allowed to be on the grounds or anywhere near the nursing home. Oh, so you were essentially barred? Yeah. Okay. For seeing my dad. For being pa- well, for being passionate about what you want. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But I wasn't anywhere near. No, him. I know, I know. And I get that. And I know they have a job to do too. Yeah. But, but in saying that, you're just passionate because you want to see your dad. He's the man who's been yeah. in your life since the day yeah. you were born. Yeah. You know, and now it sort of feels like he's there, but he's not there. Oh, yeah. And then for oh, yeah. the last week or so, or two weeks, so you couldn't get him on the phone. And she can't sleep or anything because you're worried sick. You're like, is he a lot? What's happening? What's going on? We can't get in contact. And that was the point to contact him because he has his mind. I don't, I, Brona, I don't know how you and many others are dealing with this situation because I couldn't deal with this situation. No. I wouldn't no. be able to. No. Yeah, wild dogs wouldn't stop me getting in to see me more. I know, I you know. know I've I mean? gotten up a few times where you just get stopped at the and I'm door. Not, I'm not encouraging people to do no, back the law no. or anything I like know, that, but I'm just I saying. Know I, I know. I, I'm just, I, I always think to myself now when I'm talking about this, I'm just, I'm glad my parents are dead. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm glad yeah. they didn't have to, that like, they would have been at an age now. My dad would be now 87 if he was still alive. My mother would be 86, I think, if she was still alive. Yeah. And they'd probably be in a care home or they'd probably be in that situation. I'm just glad yeah. they're not. You know? Yeah, I just find the whole situation bizarre, even contacting me. That was the 22nd of January, and they contact me on the 3rd of February and tell me I should be in isolation till the 5th of February for my two weeks. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, wasn't I haven't even left me house. And I haven't been around anybody, only the same three people. There's nothing wrong well, with me. There's nothing wrong with the three people that are in my house with me. And you're trying to tell me then on the phone, you're ringing me telling me I'm asymptomatic. I haven't had any test. I wasn't near anybody. So... And then they start asking me, was I a care worker? I said, no, I'm not a care worker. So they're telling you you're sick when you feel perfectly fine. You haven't even had a test to, to, to show that you're sick. All right. It does seem quite bizarre behaviour. Listen, Brona, I hope your dad uh, lives, I was going to say lives a long life. We all know that yeah. people don't have many years left. We accept death. Yeah. Uh, but in saying that, I hope you do get to see him at some point. Uh, and I wish you well. And I, I know you're going through a very, very traumatic situation at the moment. Hi, Niall. I lost my mum on the 21st of November, who was in a nursing home. She died... Not from COVID, but from a broken heart, from not seeing her family for most of last year. My heart is broken knowing that we didn't have time, proper time with her. She had her full faculties and she knew what was going on around her. Thanks for listening. Bye. That's awful. She didn't die from COVID. She didn't die from old age, although at some point we all die and we understand that. But she died from and with a broken heart. The amount of people who are ringing and said that they can't come on the air, they can't go on social media because they're afraid the nursing homes will do something because in the past they have, in other words, cancelled visits. 
That's blackmail. That's threats. And if any nursing homes are doing that to people, you should be ashamed of yourselves. And by the way, to all the nursing homes and the people who are dealing with them and to the government who are looking and focusing on how we're going to fix this problem for people who want to go and see their parents or their loved ones and you haven't dealt with it already, you should be all ashamed of yourselves focusing on people going to Lanzarote in the airport where people are dying in nursing homes. Make me sick. 